pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right, Creighton and UConn tonight at the CHI Health Center downtown. You don't no need to bring your pom poms if you're sitting in the lower bowl. They got the pom poms that are ready for you. Matt DeMarinis, White and Blue Review, joins us now on the 42 Degrees Source Hotline. Matt, good afternoon. How are you, Connor? How's it going, brother? Uh, very, very good. I'm very sad that I that I can't be there tonight, but um, the good the good news is that. Uh, Everybody will get to see me try my hand at baseball on the big screen before the game, which is exciting for everyone else. Oh, is this the famous uh, Fongo? It is. Yeah, I, I still, I, I told them to send me the video. I still haven't seen it yet, which could mean a variety of different things. But I am concerned about what's going to happen. Did you? Are you righty or lefty? Which when you? Uh... I'm a righty. I was at the hot corner. Okay. Okay. Wow. This will be fun. <laughs> yeah. So I look, I look forward to, I look forward to whatever's going to happen to my phone at about seven fifteen tonight. Should be fun. Did, uh, he, did he make you? Did he make you throw home? So I, I, I voluntarily started throwing it to first. I got a first baseman out there, but I kind of skipped it into him. You know, I, I took a little off the throw. I didn't want to hurt anybody. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> All right. Uh, we were thinking during when we were talking about the game before. Um, how many court stormings have you witnessed at the CHI? Uh, at CHI? Yes. Um, let me think. We can think of only two. two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. I've seen, I think I've seen, well, technically I've seen three. What's the third? Um, well, Long Beach State has them twice. They've thrown the court twice. Oh, then, <laughs> yeah. They scored it once, and then they had to go back and like. That's right. Put the, put the time back on the clock, and then they stormed it again. So like, yeah. Long Beach State they stormed it twice. Eaton Hall once. So th- I've seen three court stormings in two games at PHI. Yeah, that I was think a that's. One. I think that's all. I saw one. The Oklahoma State game at the Civic was one. I think that might have been the only court storming. There's some, there's something about it. Yeah. I, I don't. They don't. It doesn't happen a lot. They haven't. I mean, they haven't had a team like the. It, is it? Is this the best team they'll play it? They've ever played at home potentially. I I don't think so. I think I still take 2018 going over. Okay. I mean, they 2018. I, I I know people. I hope people don't forget how good that team was. Like you're talking about. You can turn on the TV right now on TNT any given night or NBA TV or something and see how good that Villanova team was. Jalen Brunson, Mikael Bridges, Dante DiVincenzo. Like, I mean, Colin Gillespie. You remember how good Colin Gillespie was? I do. I do. Dude barely, dude barely got run. Like, he, he was on a team so good he didn't even play. Like, he was the seventh man. So, that, no. 
And that was their last loss before, and then they, you know, won every game the rest of the year and won the national championship. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, that that what that team was a Hall of Fame level wagon. So that's still the best team I've seen in person. Uh, Brunson, Bridges, DiVincenzo, Eric Paschal, Mari Spellman. Yeah, Eric Paschal too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that those those are some bad boys right there. Like at all levels of badness, right there. They they kill everybody. Yep. Uh, that team went thirty six and four. Uh, lost to Butler on the road, St. John's at home, Providence on the road, and Creighton on the road in overtime. Yeah, that yeah. was Creighton was the only team that beat them at full strength. I think that year they had Paschal had I think a concussion for a few of them, and then I think Butler and Creighton might have been the only teams that beat them full strength. So, but yeah, that team was tough, man. All right, what's what's got to happen tonight? We were talking a little bit about it yesterday, just kind of with the the matchups and and how they're going to set that up. Like, there's – I don't know about areas where, like, Creighton has advantages just in that category, but I guess what has to happen for them tonight in order to really be in it it down the stretch? Well, they definitely have to win a majority of them. I think that's for sure. Yeah. The thing is, I love this game because of the matchups. There's – they're so – I don't know. They're so uh, they're so high level, and you know you can make a case for any particular one when you look at it being invaluable to it to that person to that particular team. You know yeah. when you look at yep. like when you look at how like Tristan Newton can take over a game and is probably the front runner for Big East Player of the Year right now. Cam Spencer you know, is kind of like a heartbeat type player. He can change games with his energy, with his shot making. Um, Stephon Castle might be the best NBA prospect on their roster in terms of his athleticism and skill and what it could turn into. Right now he's a true freshman. Um, Alex Caravan is a basketball savant, great shooter, uh, can play the small ball five or, you know, that pick and pop four, that floor spacing four. Um, and then Donovan Clayton is just like you know, he's their Kalkbender, seven two, two eighty, big, um, athletic, just swallows up opposing offenses by himself. And on the other side, you know, yeah, Stephen Ashford does the same thing as you know, Spencer spaces the floor, plays tough D, knocks down shots, facilitates. Alexander and Tristan Newton's games are. Uh, fairly similar in terms of the like the way they produce. You know, they rebound really well, they defend really well, they score off the bounce really well. They can shoot it, they make big plays in crunch time. Um, and then you know, Baylor Shireman, like <laughs> just on an absolute tear right now, playing the best basketball of his career in the conversation for Big East Player of the Year, has a chance tonight to you know insert himself firmly into that race. I think. Tristan Newton has a chance to end that race tonight, yeah, depending yep. on how he plays. But I think Shireman has a chance to just say game on, essentially, with a performance tonight. And then Kalkbenner, you know, I, you know, I call him the cheat code. Like, you know, he's seventy plus percent around the rim, and he's a racist teams um, in the paint. I mean, he's just two-time Defensive Player of the Year in this conference for a for a very, very, um, very good reason. 
And so yeah, the, and then you have the you have Hurley versus Mack on the sidelines. You know, two guys with very different demeanors in terms of their game <laughs> uh, game management, right? But both, I think, with the intention of trying to get their team to follow that follow in lockstep. You know, like Mack is calm and cool because he wants his team to be calm and cool. Hurley is high wired because he wants his team to play like their hairs on fire. Um, but beneath that, the X's and O's and the adjustments in game and the scheming, all of that, they're two of the best in the in the country that you know. So it's gonna be like from that aspect from that aspect of things, it's gonna be an incredible game to witness because there's so much on both sides that you can see being the difference. And I'm it's hard to peg like what makes one. I just think it comes down to like I think it's gonna come down to the dudes, you know, whoever's Whoever can win the most mono mono matchups tonight, I think, is going to win this game. UConn has this ability to, and you just mentioned it with Hurley, the way he coaches. They 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 play with their hair on fire, and and they're really getting up in your face defensively. But they also somehow are able to mix that with the, and and it's probably just the talent that they have. They're they're able to mix it with the the sort of precision and and calm that you need to execute, you know, offensively too. But like I said, they could overwhelm a lot of teams with just the talent that they have on the offensive side. They, I mean, how, how come when you look at them, how complete are they right now? Just in terms of the options that they have and ways to beat you. Yeah, I think they're, I think there's probably the closest team in the country to be matchup proof as there is. So I look around and at the other teams that are kind of in their, on their tier and, you know, I think, like, Kansas doesn't have quite the offensive pop that UConn does. Uh, Houston certainly does it, but they also aren't very big, um, especially at the five. So, like, you know, Purdue has – Purdue's probably the closest, yep. but there's things you can take away from them to make them uncomfortable and make them kind of one note, if you will. Um, there's really not, uh, there hasn't been a way to make UConn one note. They can beat you inside or out. They can beat you with kind of like the perimeter players making plays. They can beat you defensively. They can beat you in a firefight. There's just kind of all, like, I guess the old adage just like there's, you know, a lot of ways to skin a cat or whatever. UConn's got a lot of ways to skin a cat. Like, they, um, and then, and then the other part of it is like the, the mental component of beating them isn't just the physical stuff. Like the way Hurley coaches them, you know, he he takes them to the task, he challenges them, he holds them to a high standard, mm-hmm. and he kind of, you know, builds them up into these just like cyborg-like killers. But where they're going out there with like a chip on their shoulder at all times trying to just break your will, and then when that happens, it's a snowball effect, and and they start really, you know, it's not front running because they earn it, but it's like they'll let you know when they're when they're when they're whipping you, you know. Yeah. Um, they did it to Marquette. Yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a monster of a it's a monster of a squad for sure. It's the, uh, you know, I, I think the most impressive thing about them this year is how they hit the ground running like they have something to prove. Because last year's NCAA tournament run was so definitive that no one would question it. You know, they didn't get lucky by any means. They just they just pounded every team in their path to a title. And they came out this year almost like everyone, no one thought, like everyone thought it was a fluke or something, or no one thought they could, they were worthy of, of, of hanging a banner because they're, they're 
they look like hunters right now and, yeah. and that's with a target on their back the whole time they look like hunters that's hard to that's hard to play like that so um, they deserve a lot of credit for the, the mindset that they've been able to cultivate and use throughout the entire season, especially when they've had guys in and out of the lineup and not been at full strength. So, how does Creighton avoid falling into that into that trap? I mean, they they fell into it in a in a hornet's nest the last time out in stores when they when they played each other. Couldn't do anything. I mean, they, they couldn't even get a pass off last last. Like, how do they how do they get through that initial? Like, maybe there's an adjustment to kind of the the speed and the intensity at which they're going to come at you at first. And Creighton had a tough time just figuring it out last time, at least until it was too late and their will, like you said, was already broken. Like, how do you avoid that tonight? Is a quick start kind of important for them? Um, I guess, what do you see in the first, you know, 10 or so minutes of this thing? That's a really good question. Because, and I wanted to ask about the emotional component of this game yesterday, but I just kind of knew what kind of answer I would get because I've gotten a lot, but I, I didn't really think it was worth wasting one. I don't know. I think I don't necessarily think a hot start is terribly important. I just think resolve is really important tonight because I think UConn's going to have moments where they feel like they're starting to break Creighton, and I think Creighton's going to have moments where they feel like they can step on the gas and put this one away. I don't think it. That's just not the way this series has gone, you know. <laughs> With the exception of the game that just happened in stores, which had a unique element to it, you know. UConn was number one for the first time in, what, over a decade almost, right? When was the last time they were number one? No, it was over a decade, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, students were camping out, 6 a.m., $2 beer night, white out. Like, there was, I mean, Hurley came in and, like, basically said, like, yeah, we challenged them to make sure that this was a must-win game because we didn't want to lose the first one at number one, you know? Like, you just can't do that. Mm. So that's what I mean. He, they were They were at a different level that day. But most of these games they've played in this series have come down to the final five minutes, sometimes overtime, sometimes sometimes the final play of the game. You know, well, think about last year, the game in Omaha last year in the in the second yeah. half. That was just like it was just a two point game the entire second half. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what these games have been like. The series has been like tight, tight, tight. You know, where it's just like every play is so important. So I think some resolve. I think resolve is the biggest intangible for Creighton tonight because they they're probably not going to blow the doors off UConn and be able to kind of front run and get their swag going. Um, but I think they do have to match some bit of a, of the emotional component that UConn is going to bring because I think Creighton's crowd will feed off of that. Like you know, if you get a chance, you know, to to to, to make a play and draw Cam Spencer like and kind of get him engaged or whatever and just, like, meet him at his moment, I think that's part of what's going to make this game um, advantageous for Creighton is, like, not shying away from who UConn is, staying as true to who you are as you can be. Yeah, meet him. You kind of got to meet them at that emotional level, too, because that intensity is part of their their strength, you know? Uh, You have to let them know, you know? Tangibly, um, well – Turnovers is that the is that the number one thing? Like you just you can't yeah. be reckless with the ball tonight. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's going to be maybe how this game is ultimately decided. Like you know, UConn's number two, I think, in the Big East and steal rate, and Creighton's, um, I think Creighton's number two or number one in turnover rate. So like that that battle right there because you don't want to lose like the shot attempt game if that makes sense. You That's know, a- you don't want to give. You don't want to give the UConn more possessions where they're getting shots on the rim 
than you. I think that's the big way that they break people's wills. Like, you know, most of these games, they're killing people on the offensive glass and turning them over and getting not loose in transition where there's not really a defense that can stop them once they're in transition. Um, so that part of it is big. You know, Creighton has to try to win that or or stay even in that as best they can because then it becomes about execution and efficiency. And when Creighton plays games where it's about efficiency, they're really, really hard to beat. So, All right, Matt. Um, should be fun tonight. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for doing this. Sounds good, Connor. I'll eat a cookie for you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, Matt Marinas, White and Blue Review. Check him out on the pod with uh, Jacob after the games. Where Which um, Jacob? Uh, Padilla. There you go. Yes, that's a good note, actually. Um, I was giving him crap, both of them crap yesterday because they have this, I don't know if it's a bit or not, but they, they'll they be like seven minutes left of the podcast and Matt will be like, yeah, I think we're done. I, I think we're, we're about done. And um, then Jacob will make his point and then they'll be like, okay, I, th- I think that's it. And then Matt will come up with another like six things to say. <laughs> and then they're just, and then but it gets to the point where it's like, Jacob was like, I thought we were done. It, they have the most awkward ending of all. Uh, it's amazing. It's it's perfect, and that was on display. This uh, most recent one. Excited to see how late they stay up tonight for the uh, for the post game pod. Very very excited. Depending uh, we'll ta- on how long uh, how good the game is, right? Right. I guess so. Yeah. That cookie. Shout out to the shout out to the people over at uh, Kookaburra. They are they are delivering the goods this year. And Crate and Creighton for bringing them in. Those are good cookies. Right. Uh oh. So what? Sorry, real. I'll, I'll be real quick. With what's this. The, what's the, what's the news? We're talking the the Matt rule scheduling. Matt and uh, unsportsmanlike conducts. Josh Peterson. Uh oh. What has he done? Does not like this. He says this sucks. Uh, he's been retweeted by Dave Bartu, College Football Matrix. Uh huh. I agree with Matt Rule, and the numbers absolutely support it. <laughs> hey. There's two ways of thinking in the scheduling of college football right now. We also, I mean, like, Josh can have a point of view. He wants to watch Nebraska play a good team, he not does. Roast Beef State. I get that. But if they're bringing Roast Beef with them. We can buy Roast Beef with our own billion-dollar contract from the Big Ten. <laughs> All right, uh, a couple more things before we get to Jake Bigelow at the top of the hour. One to come in the final hour of the Connor Amper Show on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.